It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate, oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, superheroes, and breadsticks, mm. so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. I thought you were going to say your name was Papa Royer because of the <laughs> breadsticks, but it's not. It, it is Mike Royer. And this week, we've got the cast list for DC's Creature Commandos. Mm-hmm. HBO and Discovery announced their Max streaming service. Oh, man. I have, like, a maybe an unexpected soapbox when we oh, get to that section. I, I've been, like, I've been saving up all week. <laughs> I, I expect no I no soapboxes are unexpected from you, Mike. So this will be a pleasant surprise. Uh, the Marvel's first trailer released earlier this week, and we'll talk about it mm-hmm. and more. Yeah. If you couldn't tell, Chris and I were deep in a conversation about the different <laughs> qualities of uh fast food breadsticks yep. if you were to say yeah yeah pizza joints uh, and then how do you decide and, and you know what's your favorites you know and i was going on and on and on speaking about soapboxes right okay I'm just right. like i just can't i can't stand people out there who like rail super hard against like fast food uh you know saying like oh mcdonald's it's so bad i haven't you know they brag about like oh it's been like it's been at least 10 years since i've touched a mcdonald's like french fryers like it like it's an achievement or something and they just throw it in your face uh i feel like it's the same type of vibe when people like you know trash papa john's like you can trash papa john the singular person who's no longer attached to the company right but I, Papa John's as a pizza, it's fine. It's like pizza to its like its simplest form is just like bread, sauce, and cheese, right? Yep. And I was telling Chris, it's so simple to make. They freeze it and they throw it in a, a in a big uh, closet inside of your grocery store, right? So it's just like you can't pizza absolutely can be elevated, but like also Papa John's can make a pie just fine. It, it, so. Yeah, it all depends on what you're feeling in the moment, right? Like you know, you know, is there like Again, we were talking about this. Is the idea of breadsticks, right? You don't. I don't care where I get my pizza from. They're all the same to me at the end of the day. Uh, you know, minus several differences. But I was like, you know, uh, we talked to my wife, and she's like, I want breadsticks. You know, for, for whatever else and, and breadsticks. I'm like, okay, let's get pizza. And she's like, no, not those breadsticks. I'm like, <laughs> those okay. are two specific breadsticks. That, uh, it's fine. It's a focaccia bread with a very specific blend of herbs, spices, and on top of it. Yes. Uh, that Mike's mentions that you we dip <laughs> specifically into our sugary tomato paste. Now, uh, now sp- speaking of breadsticks, I'm I'm sorry for the listeners out there if I'm making this sl- a little bit too regional. Okay, uh, but they but they are around the United States. A little fast food Italian restaurant by the name of Fazoli's. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Fazoli's, it's how cheap can we sling Italian food? Uh, the lowest common denominator. They serve, if I remember right, or at least the last time I went there, your pasta is served on like a black plastic um, plate, right? Like you're almost like at like a like a cookout. Right? Someone just cook. <laughs> someone just uh, microwave your your TV dinner for you with yeah, that lasagna but, in there. 
but they come in clutch because they are they hand out free breadsticks like like uh-huh. nothing. Like uh, it used, back in the day, there used to be like a part timer whose job was just to like every ten minutes walk around the restaurant and like mm-hmm. ha- hand out the breadsticks. And they are just like they- imagine an Olive Garden breadstick, right? You can pick up an Olive Garden breadstick, and it still remains horizontal. It's still rigid. Fazoli's breadstick, no, no, no. It's been marinating in some equivalent of fat. It, I don't know if it's butter or oil, and they probably the answer is yes. say one or the other. <laughs> but it just flops, and it's, like, slightly translucent at the bottom. It's It'll clog your arteries in a second. But, yeah. man, I haven't had one of those in forever, and I would love one. Yeah, yeah. We've got those. So, someone on that was playing with games yesterday – uh, mentioned they, they created a delivery service for noodles, and the punchline was, of course, call it Sin Nudes, like nudes in <laughs> OODS. I'm like, you know, they they have that. It's called Grubhub for for, for Fazoli's. So <laughs> this is the second time Fazoli's got name dropped this weekend. I also said there's Noodles and Company. I don't know if you have those out there where you are. Mike. Yeah, I'm familiar with the Noodles yeah, and Company. Yeah. So I'm like, they, they, this is delivery from one of these guys. We don't have to reinvent a company for this. They already do it. We just got to sell them on the marketing idea, but. Um, it's okay, funny so that Fazoli's has been name dropped twice this weekend in, in my so life. So this this makes sense, Chris. Uh, I'm looking at their store directory. Uh, okay. They have 210 restaurants. Who? Fazoli's? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so and, I'm like, which store? Uh, <laughs> and surprise, surprise, the state of Indiana has the second most restaurants it, at 30. Is Kentucky the is, first? Uh, Kentucky's the first, yes. Yeah, I, I, I live in Kentucky. I can tell you where... I could probably throw a rock and hit a Fazoli's around uh, some of these uh, there's <laughs> yeah, one. Near, there's one near my work office, actually, across the street. So I would imagine their headquarters is probably in Kentucky. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they they know people in the Midwest or whatever region you want to call this do not know what real, authentic Italian uh, pasta tastes like. So they were like, we fooled them. We got them good with our Fazoli's. They think they're eating good uh, Italian food, but they are not. We have our box of penne pasta that we bought off the Walmart shelf and our... Uh, uh, you know, Pregu uh, salsa or yeah, salsa coming in here. They're only in 26 states. Uh, I, I'm not seeing a single international location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for, they know better. Uh, an Italian restaurant, so it's like putting a pop or not a pop, a Taco Bell in Mexico. You're like, no, that ain't gonna work. We I know, think they, they got in Mexico. They did. They, they, they got they, them down there. They, they 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 did not work out with the original menu. They were like, this is not a taco. Like this Chris, is not authentic Mexican food. More importantly, do you yeah. think there is a Papa John's, Fazoli's, or Taco Bell in a galaxy far, far away? Ah, you know, you've, you've, you've made me ponder this. Uh, <laughs> I, I think if we look at the multiverse as a whole, Mike, yes, you know, there's an opportunity <laughs> here. Um, but you're going to jump into what I've been doing this week. And literally, um, since, I guess, uh, Star Wars Celebration last week, I've just been in a Star Wars state of mind, Mike. And... and, and that's not a bad thing. Like, I've not touched any of the movies. You know, I've been watching The Mando. I've got to finish season two of The Bad Batch. We lost track on that a little bit. Dropping two shows at once on a Wednesday is very difficult to keep up with. You know, by the yeah. way. I'm glad they I mean, do the Marvel to... different, but... Yeah, I mean, not to cut you off, but speaking of uh, Mando, we haven't really been talking about it much this season, but the last episode is uh, airing this wins. week, yeah. so I would imagine next week on the podcast yeah. we'll be talking all about season three of Mandalorian. That's right, and and possibly even how it ties into the Dave Filoni movie coming up. I assume they their announcement was tied in directly with this release, so hopefully mm-hmm. we have some some for that. But I, I've been um, revisiting the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game. Um, mm-hmm. which is the Souls-like Star Wars game. I, I, I hated this game when I started playing it, Mike. I was like, I don't understand why it's so difficult. Um, 
then I realized it's all about the parry mechanic. Uh, I, I, I never played a Souls game, so to me it didn't click. Uh, and then it clicked one day, and I'm like, oh, I love this game. And I went back and I um, started a new game to play this through because the second game, Jedi Survivor, drops at the end of the month. Uh, so I'm like, well, let's let's go ahead and get this through um, and, and see what's going on. So I was able to, to wrap up a lot of that this week. And then also, on the flip side, I, I bought myself, uh, I've been reading on an iPad, but I bought myself a little e-reader. Uh, to finish up uh, the Star Wars High Republic Line of the Jedi novel. Um, because, you know, Mike, you, you, we very much, we know the High Republic is new for the Disney stuff, right? It's been out about three years now, maybe three and a half since it was announced. And this novel was really like the big kickoff. Like, hey, here is the High Republic, what it is, what it stands for. Um, and Line of the Jedi is very interesting novel. Uh, novelization, there's three of these novels now. Um, I've, I've got to find the second and third one. But this one, it's not really about, um, there's no like main, there are several main characters, but it's not like a, again, watching a Star Wars movie, right? There's no Skywalker saga, like someone's destiny to, to be the forefront of this. It has a lot of different characters, including different Jedis and the, um, the ability sets they use, like apparently Jedi back in the High Republic, you know, they had different skill sets, but like they would like encourage them to once they became a Jedi master to learn more about their unique ability. And uh, one of the, the characters is uh, her name is Avar Chris. And she is, has the ability to, it's like a, a I'm going to say mind mouth. She can, can like reach out to all the Jedi in like a battle and like coordinate them better in like space battles and stuff like that. Um, or things like that. And there's like a huge catastrophe uh, early on in the book. And like, she's like, you know, I guess using the force to communicate to everybody yeah to this get this help. is a new this is a newer book right like yeah it's like 2020 2021 maybe yeah. at the latest yeah it, it seems like maybe this is a direction that they're trying to slowly move like jedi force powers of mm -hmm. kind of giving people unique abilities i just saw a um an interesting tiktok where uh people are trying to take the um original script for um the rise of skywalker that's what the episode nine is right uh, or yeah, Rise the uh, the this, this, this script that never got made, right? The one before J. Yeah, yeah, the Colin Trevorrow's uh, yeah, Rise of like Skywalker. Duel, yeah. Duel of the Fates, I think, was the the title for it. So they've been like take, they've been like almost kind of like doing like little fan uh, animations yeah. of like parts of that script, or kind of like um, recaps of what the movie could have been, right? And there's a there's a scene in that movie where Kylo learns a new Force power, where he can like steal the Force. Mm -hmm. from a person i guess like bad guy spirit bomb type of thing like i'm gonna suck it from you and take it i, I believe um, that's then, a my hero academia move there my yes guess. <laughs> and then we do get to see grogu in mandalorian early yeah. on you know use a new force power of healing people yeah. so this this is this is interesting to see it, that like oh this could be like a new avenue that we take uh force powers yeah and and it's really it's, it's i think it's great because you know in it was again. I was playing Fallen Order. the The main character has a very. It's not uncommon. It's not unique to him, but it's very rare. The ability to touch an item and view the Force echoes, like the history of an item, right, or people around items, and they use this as a as a point in the game to like go in, like, oh, you're learning about the lore of the worlds and this battles and you know your storyline by touching items in the levels, right, or or seeing these Force echoes. Um, so that, I, I think that's really unique, but like, you know, everyone's always got the force push, the force pull, the slow down time, the, the repel, all that stuff, you know, everyone's kind of got that, but some of these are really unique and, and light of the Jedi, you know, um, it, it's, it's really, 
I, I think it's not exactly what I was expecting, but that's not a bad thing, right? It's it's a good sci-fi novel set in the Star Wars universe um, that happens to have some Jedi in it, and I, I think that's that's kind of a uh, that was really fun to read. I I'm mm-hmm. glad I, I I did catch up on it, and I hope to find the second ones and follow. But I've also started reading um, simply because of the Ahsoka trailer, the original Thrawn trilogy books from the '91 like the '90s era uh, for the mm-hmm. Star Wars Legacy uh, by um, Steve Zahn, who who has rewritten the Thrawn trilogy for the new Disney approved Star Wars era as well. Uh, but he's been used as a uh, what, what do you call it a consultant on the live action Thrawn for for the mm-hmm. show, uh, and I assume that by extension the movie. So I'm very excited to to dive into those again after you know 30 years. You know I, I haven't read those since I was a young kid then who borrowed them from the library. So um, excited to kind of dive into some more Star Wars novels. There's hundreds of them, and I think that's that was fun part about the expanded universe before Disney bought it right. And it seems like maybe some of their lessons learned based on Celebration last week and some other things. It's like, hey, legacy things were pretty good. We should probably re-implement them because we we messed up by just nuking them completely. Um, So uh, it seems like a lot of these are going to at least be ported over, not one for one, but pretty closely going forward. So um, I'm I'm in a Star Wars state of mind. We have Star Wars news to come up, Mike, but you've you've been absorbing some, some... some video content rather than playing games or, or reading. So lay, yeah, lay it on here. I, yeah. I find myself with a little bit of free time this weekend. So I finally got around to watching the third season of love, death and robots on Netflix, which is an animated anthology uh, series that kind of takes a slightly black mirror angle. All also usually dark or humorous. Um, there's always like a, there's always like a twist or something going on in all these shorts. Right. Um, and they're always pushing the envelope of what animation is or could look like, right? Um, I think one of the one of the shorts that probably went the most viral out of this uh, season is the very last short of season three about kind of like these Spanish conquistadors, and there's some sort of like um, vixen or witch or something that like lives in the water. And then, like, the animation is, like, crazy because it's relatively photorealistic, which is cool, and they've done that in other seasons. But the camera work is nuts because they're they're using, like, you know, the virtual camera yeah. uh, in a way that, like, you normally just don't see in animation. Like, they lock off the camera and they anchor it to a character a lot of the times. Uh, it's, it, it shakes violently, but, like, not in an organic way. Like, if, like, a steady cam operator is holding it or something like that. It's just so surreal to watch it. So it's cool to watch Love, Death, and Robots to kind of just see, oh, these are maybe experiments of what we could see in the future. But my favorite short out of all of them, if I remember correctly, it's called like Night of the Living Many Dead, I think. And it's like a whole short that takes place like from God POV with like the tilt shift effect, you know, how like you're looking at like miniatures and it's how does a zombie apocalypse play out looking at it from a tilt shift point of view. And it's hilarious. It's only like seven minutes long and I wouldn't be surprised if somebody's like re-uploaded it to like YouTube somewhere. So you don't necessarily have to have Netflix, I would think to go watch it. It's just like hilarious seeing all of the events unfold and like uh, it all escalates, you know, uh, the zombies get into like a nuclear uh, uh, waste facility towards the end and they mutate. It's just really, really fun. So yeah, go check that out. Uh, 
great time. They're all very not safe for work. Like none of yeah. children should not be watching this with you. They're very mature. Um, we've brought it up on the show before uh, the first couple seasons, but it's from yeah. Tim Miller who created the first Deadpool, right? Uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he, he, he yeah. worked he worked on the first one. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Because the director changed second time. Then didn't Tim Miller move on to? Was it something else? I don't remember what it is. He 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 had a lot of juice on him basically after that first Deadpool movie, which is probably yeah. why he was able to kind of do what I would consider almost like a vanity project, right? You know, animated well, shorts don't necessarily like you know bring down the box office. So right? so uh, Tim Miller, if I remember correctly. Um, he he started his work though in visual effects though that his mm-hmm. background before Deadpool as a visual effects artist and his I think it was his team that worked on the the short that leaked for Deadpool that everyone was like mm-hmm. that that got it so I think his background in effects is why he gets love Death and Robots but I just looked it up and I just pulled up he was a director on Terminator Dark Fate was the only other movie he's done Ooh, um, rough rough rough, rough. Um, <laughs> uh, he was the e, uh, EP on Sonic and Sonic Two but not a director so. Um. Yeah, it's fine. Um. It, it looks like he is actually doing reshoots, a director reshoots on the upcoming Borderlands movie as well because yeah. Eli Roth was doing another movie at the time. So gotcha. um, well, it looks yeah. like I think there is a possible possibility for a fourth season, which is a big deal for Netflix, right? To get to a fourth season of anything is um is hard to do over on that streaming service. So yeah, yeah go check out Love Death Robot season three. Holds up for sure. And then to wrap things up, uh, I finally checked out The Fablemans, which is Steven Spielberg's latest film that's supposed to kind of be autobiographical in a way. You know, he changed the names of everything, but it's it's supposed to be like literally his life that he's making of how he became a filmmaker, what his childhood was like. Um, if, you're a, if you're a fan of filmmaking... I feel like it would be very interesting to watch this movie to kind of see. It's almost very. It's. I feel like it's very cathartic for him. Almost like he was going through therapy, mm-hmm. you know, making this movie because a lot of things that happen in this movie seem so specific. Like, oh, you know, this definitely happened to somebody because if somebody was like writing a fictional movie, you know, the the events would take place a little differently. So that's just a way of saying the movie does feel a little awkward at times and the tonal inconsistencies are kind of strange, but that's what real life is like at the end of the day. So um, you can see watching this movie how it could get nominated for an Oscar, but also how it definitely wouldn't win the Oscar, Mm -hmm. right? Which is what happened last run at the Oscars. So, yeah, I mean, if you got a chance to watch The Fablemans, it's interesting to kind of see uh, what his like his life was like going from like kind of like kid to teen if you will and then stops right about there but uh yeah i I don't think like kind of like your average moviegoer is going to get as much out of it but um it was fun it's been a while since i've seen a spielberg movie Mm -hmm. and as soon as it was over i was just like oh i want to go watch et but then i just opened up my phone scrolled on tiktok for an hour so yeah i mean (laughs) it's kind of giving me again i think maybe it's it's due to to summer celebration but going back and revisiting uh the, the indiana jones films Right, like mm-hmm. you know, I I, I want, I've seen the Last Crusade more than any other movie. I, I I and probably Temple of Doom. I, I always mix up Raider and Temple of the Doom mentally, so I need to go back mm-hmm. and like mentally rearrange myself. I think those will be a good rewatch before the Indiana Jones movie comes out this summer. Anyway, so. oh yeah, soon that so, would be coming out soon, isn't it? June? Yeah, it's like June. Yeah, so uh, I think that might be a good way to get your Spielberg fix in as well, Mike. Uh, before mm-hmm. before we go through that, so uh, let's jump back into Star Wars. Star Wars Visions Volume Two. Uh, the uh, this was. Um, I believe 
not announced at maybe at the end of Star Wars Celebration. I think it might have been the panel Monday morning or late Saturday, uh, Sunday, one of the two. Uh, they've uh, announced that the second uh, volume of these shorts will come out May 4th of this year on Disney+. Plus. And the upcoming trailer kind of confirmed. We've, we've talked about this before, I think, the, the, the studios behind it. But this um, gives visuals to that, including, you know, um, what is very distinctively uh, Ardman, Studio Ardman, which is the mm-hmm. Wallace and Gromit team. And you get to see some of those, like, clay, stop-motion claymation videos in here. But what I, you know, what stands out to me about this, Mike, other than the, the Volume 1, which I didn't finish, is Volume 1 was very black and white slow like it seemed very you know samurai like older i guess um japanese art films whereas Mm -hmm. this seems very modern cg kinetic lots of color uh going on in this and maybe some i wouldn't even say anime but like very like there's some cg stuff in here of like a a world with stormtroopers and aliens that look really cool i i think this one has me more sold on the idea of visions rather than the first one did yeah, the first the first season was like an interesting mix of like, at least we're gonna heavily lean onto this anime style with a lot of at least the promotional marketing materials, and I think a large selection of those first shorts kind of had anime inspiration, which there's nothing wrong with that, right? But I think the thing that I like the least about season one is it didn't seem very consistent of what they really wanted the shorts to kind of do overall. Like some of it almost kind of seemed like maybe not alternate retellings, but it's like, let's make a short that's so like out of pocket that like you can't even really imagine it being in the Star Wars universe. It's almost like, let's just tell a story that happens to have like a lightsaber in it. Right. Yeah. Um, And then some of the other shorts just, I, I just don't think we're very interesting overall, but, um, but that's the, that's the thing about animation anthologies. You know, we were just talking about them a minute ago of like they make awesome trailers, right? Because you just have nothing but amazing, unique art styles that you can just like mash together. Um, but yeah, I would agree with you. It seems to be this trailer has a more of a highlight of like, Oh, these are things that are actually happening in the star Wars universe. We're just telling the stories with different animation styles. Yeah. And, and like, it's, it's very much unique animation styles. And like I said, to me, it's the color. I always know there's that black and white, the first episode in in visions, right? It's Mm -hmm. very black and white. And, and, Solomon saying, right, this looks colorful and funny. Like, you know, the Ardman stuff has the kids and the little aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be one of them. It looks like, was it, is it Kubo in the six strings? Yeah, that... yeah, no, yeah. Kubo's a good, a good uh, alt, I think, for that. Yeah, one of them looks like that. You know, there's some classic anime that looks more like, you know, akin to like the Gundams or maybe even um, Gindy's uh, Clone Wars, his animation mm-hmm. style in a couple of these. I, 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 to me, it just looks really kinetic and exciting and full of energy. Um, and the other one seemed more, again, more solemn, more artsy, like you mentioned. Just not really, you know, these are stories that maybe we had and we added a Star Wars layer to the top of the regular story. And these they should, seem grounded. They should bring Gendy back for at least, I mean, I don't know if he's like, you know, too big uh, to do yeah. just one short, right? You know, but like I've been watching a couple episodes like of Primal recently here and there and like, oh man, he is just... He's on another level, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, maybe maybe they will. Maybe, maybe you know, again, like I said, a lot of the Legend stuff is coming back into into play. And um, one of my favorite episodes of his Clone Wars was, I think it was completely dialogueless. It was uh, uh, Mace Windu versus the Stormtrooper, or the, the, oh, yeah, that, the that's robots. A big, 
yeah, yeah. that's like the the standout all-star yeah really where he has like the super over exaggerated force powers right because it's a, mm-hmm. it's a it's a legend of, i'm like man come back and do another mace windu story i think that would be really fun to see him kind of like take that solo approach even with no dialogue and be very visual i i, I would like to see that so i agree with you wholeheartedly um, the other thing uh, that was announced again this week, and had a trailer that was not released but leaked, um, is The Bad Batch is coming back for its third, and they announced it is a final season for this show. Um, one of the big reveals is they are bringing back in McDiarmid as uh, Emperor Palpatine uh, for this uh, last season here, uh, which has really av- been involved heavily, which is interesting. The Bad Batch and then uh, obviously some of the Mandalorian arcs are about cloning, right? Um, this is set... Mm-hmm. Literally in the post um, post uh, wars era, the first days of the Empire is where the Bad Batch exists, and you know they're 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 clones in and of themselves, the Bad Batch. So it's very uh, interesting. To see. I'm excited to see this third season, and you know they're starting to get into more introducing the more evil players of the Empire, these higher ups, and I'm I'm very excited for this to return and and wrap up a pretty good story, which I did not expect to honestly get three seasons worth of material out of. Um, it's- but it, yeah, go ahead. It, it would be crazy to go back in time, you know, and chat with somebody watching, you know, the Star Wars trilogy for the first time, right? And obviously, they say the Clone Wars, right? And I think it's the first film. Yeah, you're fought, I fought in the Clone Wars with your father. Yeah. Like, just go back and tell somebody, it's like, hey, you know they're about to make ten times more Star Wars content in the future, and it's pretty heavily going to be driven by cloning so get prepared for that it's, yeah. just, it's just interesting that that's the you thing you're going to uh... get 10 seasons uh plus three spinoff seasons and several spinoff shows about the clone wars in and of themselves uh and yeah. also they're animated by the way and back then someone yeah. was like melted in the spot they're like what are you talking about <laughs> But I, I think... Yeah, and, and then in like 20 years that you see those headlines of that sheep dolly that yeah. was actually cloned in real life, and they're like, oh, fuck, it's happening for oh real. My this God. is bad. <laughs> they, were, they were telling the truth the whole time. Um, to me, I'd have gone back to 2008 when I watched The Clone Wars, the animated movie, like the first three episodes they put in one movie and release, and they're mm-hmm. like, hey, this little, this character they introduced us, this um, little Jedi Ahsoka, who is Anakin's Padawan, is going to be integral to the future of star wars uh and also the show is going to get really really dark and like you know existential towards its end of its you know span um so buckle up i don't i don't laugh at your face like i'm like this is a kid's cartoon show it, they yeah. were then you saving <laughs> job of the hut's son there's nothing serious about this then you show him the picture of the guy you know that's like oh this is the guy that's gonna that's in charge of star wars in the year like you know 2028 yeah. and it's just filoni with his cowboy hat yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I, again, I probably would have had a meltdown right then and there. But uh, they've really, really come a long way in, in telling this you know, longer story that uh, you know that was never really explored. So I, I think that's really cool. And uh, the Bad Batch season three. So they don't have a release date. I assume it's going to be probably end of the year. My guess, like we always say, all these animated shows were probably created all at once. Uh, if they're showing off samples and including like dialogue from the show. Including Ian McDiarmid, who is not getting younger, by the way. He is he's definitely up there in age. He was old when he was in um, the, the Return of the Jedi, right, as the Emperor for the first time. And they, they keep bringing him back, so kudos to him. But, like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see them, uh, to wrap this show up and, and you know, kind of kind of be done, I guess, if you will, with the in-between episodes three and four era uh, for, for a while. 
On the flip side, Star Wars Episode Ten, the, the the I guess is it would this be current or future Star Wars? What what do we consider this as? Is this, is this would this be current Star Wars? Like if yeah, it's... I yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that there is a um, that there's a plan to like make a new franchise that's like fifty years in the future or hundred yeah. years in the future. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so this is current. So the current Star Wars, the next movie. Which we're tentatively calling episode ten. There's no guarantee that it will be episodic or even have a name um, like that. Uh, this is one with Ray coming back to train the new Jedi Order, the new Jedi Order mm-hmm. name, which, which came out to play. Apparently, has been in works for like two years. Like this isn't like something they announced this weekend, and they're just starting to work on it. This has been in work for two years, and it looks to be the the next theatrical release from Lucasfilm as it's far enough ahead in in production to to get there first. Now. First could be three years. Uh, could switch around if you know the 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 Filoni stuff you know um, works pretty well. I don't know, but like it uh it looks to be the next one based on on the the reports coming out over from Star Wars Celebration Europe. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, very successful uh, Daisy Ridley. You know, she probably could be doing a lot of different projects. So maybe that's what's driving the timeline of putting this out first. I mean, mm-hmm. if I could make whatever i wanted happen I, I it seems like the feloni movie makes the most sense to come up right yeah you know but i guess it might depend on the release of you know some disney plus series right you know we got to get the ahsoka show out we got to get um it, possibly another season of mando not 100 percent sure well, hopefully what's, not what's, well they are working what's we, going we talked on about boba fett you yeah know? i was gonna say we talked about both of those shows earlier this year about them already making props for those next seasons so my guess is yes, it's Ahsoka, Mando. They go right into movie production because I don't see any the the show has to be Thrawn centric, right? Like to me, the movie is going to be the Thrawn movie at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So my guess is like it's going to be another another um, again one Ahsoka, another Mando, and then the movie. Um, but I don't know how long it takes. Like, there God forbid. They don't film this movie in the volume, right? They actually use some real movie oh, yes. making yes, sets to do this. Uh, I think that, that would be you know, important. And that's going to take more pre-production time. You know, that's going to take Filoni away from his TV series, yeah. right? So, you know, Divide and Conquer, we always, you know, forget yeah. John Favreau also. Isn't he, he's actually well. the main runner of The Mandalorian. So, it, like, it, and the reason I get that is because, you know, again we're not going to talk about it now, but like season three of Mandalorian, there've been complaints here and there, you know, up, up and down about the show. And I was like, what is, who is actually in charge of the show? John Favreau wrote every episode of that show. Yeah. And but I'm like, also sometimes in Hollywood, they have these, um, kind of wars over who gets credited for what sometimes, you know, depending on how big of a creator you are, when you enter a project, you could negotiate yeah. that, Every episode, I get credited as the writer, even if you literally didn't write it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that can happen. So I'm not saying that that's necessarily what's happening here, but it I, is hard to I, imagine just one person cranking out eight I, scripts all by themselves, right? Yeah, honestly, I, I don't think so. But I think, again, Dave, you know, for, for lack of, Dave has been working on Ahsoka, wrapping that up, right? Like, that mm-hmm. show is gone. It's, it's in his final production phases. I think he's over there was working on that in tandem with this. Otherwise, they both wouldn't be coming out within the same year. Yeah. Um, well, Skeleton Crew, is that supposed to be in this timeline as well? Skele- yeah, they, th- that you're right. That does exist in this timeline as yeah. well. So. so we're looking at possibly three shows. First Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, 
probably one final season of Mandalorian that ends on a crazy cliffhanger, and then Filoni's... Then Boba uh, Fett movie. season two, obviously, which everyone's demanding. No, I'm <laughs> Do, Is that just rumored, or is that actually happening? It's rumored based on the prop production, is what I've heard, like, mm-hmm. like that, but... I don't there's nothing confirmed nothing's announced for that yet so gotcha well I mean I could imagine you know it's one of those things that you know like a Bob Chapek could have said yes make as many Star Wars shows as possible mm-hmm. then now that Iger has come back and said that he's you know turning the dial yeah. down I could see a Boba Fett season two being you know axed right and I also don't think it's needed right um mm-hmm. I think you could use him as an ancillary character back in Mandalorian um and and be better than, yeah. than doing I, that. I, yeah, and I always just kind of assume based on the title, too, The Book of Boba Fett, yeah. doesn't it just kind of seem like the limited series Boba Fett? You're just getting one of these the, to kind of wrap up yeah. this iconic character that everyone loves. The sequel is The Books of Boba Fett. They did an Aliens on this, right? Alien Aliens, uh, just yeah. one books. Um, the novelization. Yeah, <laughs> the the short stories of Boba Fett. It was all, it was all one story. But either way, Star Wars, you know, they say ten is, is is in the works. We've heard, we've we've talked about the writers on this for a while and, and how it's been works. I wouldn't be surprised if they start rolling at the end of the year, Mike, on this one. If I was completely honest, so um, we'll we'll keep you guys posted as more and more Star Wars stuff comes out. Um, slower, but steady, right? We have we have something to look forward to on this stuff. Oh, the other part, Kathleen Kennedy confirmed all Star Wars movies going forward will have the crawl at the beginning. They are not they're. Um, I think it was what, Rogue One and Solo didn't have the intro crawls, but all movies going forward from Star Wars will have the intro crawls. To make yeah, they need Star it. How else are they going to bring back an Emperor out of nowhere? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> to me, you know, I don't care if it has it or not. I just think it's it's fun to have in a Star Wars like yeah. movie, right? Like it's not it's just it doesn't so tell unique. me this is Skywalker only. I'm like, you can put it yeah. in any Star Wars movie. It's fine. So yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, let's shift gears into some uh, some DC stuff. Uh, the Creature Commandos is the animated series announced by James Gunn. Probably the first product coming out of the DC universe, right? And he has confirmed that the voice cast for the characters in the upcoming animated series, Mike. And let's go ahead and jump into this. The current only... Re- there's two returning characters, and we'll book in. One of the returning characters is Sean Gunn as a character Weasel. And I'm sure he has a lot of dialogue uh, that he will be mm-hmm. making Weasel sounds for in this show uh frank grillo also known as crossbones in the marvel cinematic universe will be rick flag senior the the Mm -hmm. the father of rick flag from the suicide squad oh man that news was driving me crazy all week because like the rumor was like oh my god frank grillo is tired of marvel and he says he's gonna go work at dc and everyone's like what is he gonna do everyone's like spinning all these webs and it's just like oh he's just voicing like rick flag a character yeah. that already exists like settle down well, the, the, the dad of a character that exists uh yeah. and, but like at the same time i'm like he's not tired of marvel his character was killed off like yeah. twice <laughs> like they gave him two chances like he'll, he'll be and, and then they even brought him back for endgame right for the the re, redo of the elevator scene so mm-hmm. Uh, he's had his time at Marvel. He, he got his check. Um, and he's not even that good of an actor. That's whatever. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> Name something else he's been in. Well, I can't. Yeah, damn. <laughs> Creature Commandos. I even wrote it down for you here. Um, uh, Maria Bakalova as Princess Elana Rostovic. Uh, she's the voice of Cosmo in the upcoming Guardians 3 and uh, was uh, Borat's daughter in the second Borat movie. That's where she well, got her okay. breakthrough yeah, as. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, she's she's making an upcoming uh, appearances on these movies. Indira Varma as the bride, 
and I believe was she in was she in the Suicide Squad? Uh, I believe she was like maybe the 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 insurgents leader the the leader of the insurgents. Is that right? Or yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of, of what she's. I'm looking at films. Uh, nope, it's not in here. Guess not. Damn. Yeah. I thought she it, was. It, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of a uh, um, James Gunn just kind of like DNA of people he likes to work. Oh, with. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, Zoe Chow as Nina Mazursky. Don't know who that is. Alan Tudyk, the Tudyk verse, as usual, is Eric Frank or Doctor Phosphorus. I jumped at Doctor Phosphorus. Uh, that makes sense for him. David Harbor as Eric Frankenstein, arguably the bigger biggest name on this list. I think even bigger yeah. than Frank Grillo. Uh, so David Harbour's Frankenstein, Sean Gunn as GI Robot as well. He's playing two characters in this, and I split it up very distinctly so people would know that he's playing two characters. <laughs> and then uh, Steve Ag, uh, who's a peacemaker, reprising his role as John Economist. Um, the biggest note here is that the characters can and will make a transitional live action, which was confirmed with Frank Grillo's Rick Flag Senior coming to, I guess, live action projects later. Um, I don't know what movie he would be in or where they'd put him, but it sounds like that's a that's a case. And when I started listening, to this, I'm like, oh, I can see David Harbour being a Frankenstein live action mm. character as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting uh, selling point because usually, like, when you're looking at like a, a animated cast uh-huh. getting a lot of big names, right? It, it's a little bit easier to kind of like pull off the um, the offer, right? Because it's just yeah. like, hey, you don't even have to leave your house if you don't have a microphone at your home. We can like send you like a whole kit. You can like nail. You can like knock out all these lines in like one afternoon, and like here's your check, just one day of work, right? You know, yeah. but you sweeten the pot a little bit of just like, hey, I'm making a whole universe. You know, this yeah. is me also kind of like soft casting you. You know, well, in the next live action thing that I'm doing, I, I think it's the other. I think it's like we're gonna make. If you want to play this, we're gonna sign you a contract for lowered rates to play all the stuff as well, like like a package deal, if you will, for the actors. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would I would not be shocked. Also, like, you know, if Doctor Phosphorus, right? I could see Alan Tudyk playing ball, right? But I yeah. could see maybe David David Harbor having another more exciting project of just yeah. like, no, I'm not gonna do the live action. Find somebody else. Yeah. You know? And, and it was very interesting because James Gunn did mention all media, so maybe video games as well, um, if they decide to go down a video game route or something else. Maybe um, that, but, you know, so I, this is, you know, a very, you know, it's, it's actors uh, being cast in these roles. So absolutely, you know, good good for them. Um, hopefully we can, we'll, we'll talk more about this more with the, the Max service later because this would be an HBO Max thing, but, like, maybe... Um, you know, they were able to secure some funding to get this done. That way the DC doesn't go bankrupt before they get to Superman in like two years. So um, we'll talk more about that later, but we'll, we'll get there. So let's shift over to the other part of James Gunn this week. He's out. Um, he's doing press rounds, I believe, for Guardians 3. Um, he's out talking to people about Guardians and, and celebrating the release and the, the wrap-up of all this stuff. Uh, there was some tweet that it's like, here's the second half of Phase 1 of DC. And they said like Chapter 1 would include... Uh, also include unannounced Animal Man, Lobo, Justice League, New Frontier, Superman versus the Authority, uh, Mr. Terrific, and a confirmed second season of Peacemaker. And James Gunn was like, there's no way that's true. Uh, he's like, that is not on our list. The only thing that he did say was true is that the uh, second season of Peacemaker will be premiering after Superman Legacy. Uh, Man, so, that is a that is a while between seasons. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hopefully maybe the Waller uh, show um you know is maybe like a, a two point like a 1.5 season right of these characters 
and um is it going to be our book of boba fett yeah, pretty much yeah yeah the book of amanda waller uh and the uh maybe peacemaker season two will tie into this larger universe a little bit more right um i know it had like the guest stars of aquaman and the flash at the end of season one but like maybe the superman legacy stuff will will play into it a little more with that so um that, i guess that's i guess that's your problem when, when one person's running all your shows you got to wait between everything as he gets projects done i guess at the end of it so well, well, I wonder if Peter, I wonder if Peter Safran will ever say anything to the public. Yeah, he's just like he's just busy working, I guess. Yeah, he, I, yeah, he, he came out and said something the other day. I forget what it was. Um, I, he, I was a, de- he was debunking a, something. I'm like, okay, that's fine, whatever. You I have do. a pitch for the two of them. I think they should just rotate years, or maybe even just like rotate quarters uh-huh. uh, of like who talks to the public, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, I want like a Peter Safran year where we just get to see how he deals with the media and talks to fans. You know, yeah, that'd be funny. My guess is he's just a businessman. He's like, here's where the bottom line is and where I can make you money. <laughs> and mm-hmm. James Gunn's like, I will be your creative person. Let me let me go out and, and be the face. So. Um, I, they probably have that agreement, but I, I agree. I, I think I'd like to see them both come out and do something together rather than just be like, James, go go tell the people the stuff uh, with that. Let's go drive us into our next big thing, owned by Warner Brothers slash Discovery. Um, HBO Max is being rebranded slash killed off completely and called the Max Service. And essentially, this is Discovery, was it Discovery Plus and HBO Max coming together into mm-hmm. one service? Um, so yeah, this is, this is going to be your home for some of your HBO stuff because they license some of that shit out elsewhere or just remove it completely, put it on your, all those HGTV shows that everyone really (laughs) wants to go back and rewatch. Uh, no. Um, but the other thing was, um, and you talked, you, you said this to me, the pricing tiers are very interesting. Um, there are three pricing tiers. One's, uh, ad supported, one is ad free and one's premium ad free. And, um, which is uh, which is like reeking of Verizon's, you know, unlimited data, unlimited data plus, or yeah. unlimited data like free the, forever. Some it's random. A, the, the price points I think are on par with Netflix, right? There's a Netflix ad supported, uh, Netflix ad free, the Netflix um, HD, which is like their ultimate. You get the 4K stream and two extra TVs. Uh, mm-hmm. So the premium Max service is like their you get higher streams and and some other. I guess I guess quality of life enhancements in the background rather than the front end of yeah. it, but most this, people will probably go overall, the middle. Yeah, the tiers overall didn't bother me too much because I guess I'm technically losing the ability to stream in 4K if I want to stay at my same uh, price point. No, but I'm just not I'm just yeah. not a big visual snob to begin you, with. You gotta have um, a lot of really like your internet. Like you can have good internet to get 1080 but like the bandwidth pushing for 4k is actually pretty pretty massive you know as someone who yeah. who streams a lot and downloads a lot i look at the bit rates of all these things and have really high quality 4k bit rate like you've got to be like your internet cert, like your router mostly has to be able to, to to push that most tvs auto size to 1080 anyway because that's like the efficient the most efficient streaming right now mm-hmm. over wi- home wi-fi networks and yeah, it won't and mess I- up and a lot of the times, even if you pay a streaming service for a 4K stream, you're not truly getting like 4K down. It's going through like a special, like kind of like compression codec that yeah. they make. So it's never going to be quite, you know, like like a 4K Blu-ray or something like that. But I could see how somebody could be annoyed if they're super into the 4K universe, it, right? And then all of a sudden they have to pay more. It, that is shitty. If they're a 4K <laughs> universe and they're relying on streaming, they are 
tricking themselves at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Like, I, this is where I would say physical media has its benefits in terms of bitrate on disc, right? If you want a true 4K and no, and it really comes into your your banding on your blacks, right? You, you know what I'm talking about. When you see the black mm-hmm. lines, like, there's several black bars where it's supposed to be a gradient from, from dark black to slightly lighter black, and you're like, oh, that that's a compression algorithm Mike was talking about. Discs don't have that. There's no compression whatsoever on discs. And that's why those file sizes are huge, right? They're like, mm-hmm. like I think I downloaded the the Lord of the Rings 4K um, non-compressed. It's like 128 gigabytes, and I'm like, this is a lot of stuff to watch, like like for just like one movie at the end yeah. of the day without the banding banding. And even my Xbox and my computer next to each other could barely keep up with it at at like at a stream level. So disc have that but like yeah i agree like most people are gonna go down the mid range anyway right like it's gonna be fine uh most people will stick with it yeah and i mean and from my point of view because that's really all i can compare it to is just my experiences it seems like i'm gonna be getting more content right you know we don't watch a whole lot of like home improvement discovery plus type of things but there's a few things that we watch Mm -hmm. that we haven't been able to watch for a long time because a while ago they used to kind of cross stream some of those things like on like a a Hulu or like occasionally like an Amazon Prime, but then they've yeah. filtered it all in the you, Discovery Plus. So I'll get to watch some of that stuff again, which is nice. Um, but the, the branding overall, that's kind of like the that's kind of like the double edged sword, the dichotomy for me over here, because uh, if you look at the actual logo itself itself like the actual mark the letters m-a-x they're atrocious they're super ugly there's like these weird curves underneath the m they left the hbo kind of polka dot in between the um a of max which just feels kind of odd to me and then the x is like this this these two weird swirls making the x it the the logo itself the mark is uh ugly and i hate it (laughs) but i think i would go against everyone else's opinion where I like the name. I like the name. I, I like Max. I understand, you know, people have like a weird aversion to it being like almost like a person's name. Or maybe it seems like you're pushing it to the Max, you know, crank it to 11. But like, hey. I, I take Max over Peacock to- any day because I, I can't <laughs> say that out loud without being like, people are going to mishear me. They're going to think I'm saying something else. So you absolutely, I'll I, take Max. I, as long as nobody is just being lazy and saying plus, I think plus like Disney plus Paramount plus, mm-hmm. uh, there's another, there was another plus too. Um, well, there's ESPN uh, plus there's Hulu ESPN plus, yeah. plus there's who. Yeah. So it's like all these pluses, like the plus means nothing anymore. Like the, the word has been so diluted and has, so there's many no definitions. addition it. to it. There's no plus to it. It's just, it's just a stream. It all indicates a streaming service, right? The plus is no longer an additional thing. Well, uh, and then before even HBO turned to HBO Max, it was HBO Go and HBO Now, mm-hmm. and that was even extra confusing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that's also when streaming services used to be like an ancillary thing, like oh, this is an extra thing that you can do outside of your cable subscription. But now all of these streaming services, they're becoming their own thing. It's like the company priority for these places. So it almost doesn't even seem like they should have like any sort of like addition, like, right? Like that's why I think it makes more sense to name something Max or even, I know you hate the word Peacock, but at least it makes more sense because like you're trying to brand like a specific thing. Well, I think what I like is the, the, single words a single syllable about it right i know that sounds simple but i'm like yeah I'll just go look on max or go look on i say prime i don't go say go look on amazon prime i'm like go look on prime mm. 
I like the single syllable words. They're just easier to do it when you're having conversations about, it, which is what you want to do, right? Um, or you know, using your your you know smart home to kind of go look it up. Oh, it's on the Max app or whatever. I, I think it's just easier. I think Max is maybe to me, if I'm going to be honest, a little too generic, um, right? I, I think anything can be Max. Like, hope like should I? I'm going to roll the dice here, Chris, and go to Max.com. Oh, Let's see what it is. <laughs> one X. And you'll oh, be fine. holy crap! They own it. Yeah, they own they it. Probably, Max.com. They probably bought it. They probably wow. bought it from somebody. But I will tell you, the 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 the, the logo. I know you're you're more of a designer. Mike. It doesn't bother me because it invokes the. It's a lowercase HBO font from the original HBO with that HBO dot in the middle, right? Like they just they just gotta fi- they just gotta fix some of those. Uh, those I like uh, those letters. I like the thing. old Max. I the, the old Max. Um, if you go look at Max HBO Max and look at the font for it, like the lowercase M with the curves and the X, like just take the HBO dot and put it in the middle of that A and leave that Max, and I'm fine. Like even better. Um, I, I think the the symmetrical M I really really enjoyed this one I, I don't like I don't like the the what is that the stem on the front of the M on Max here for the new Max service mm-hmm. I'm like I don't need the I don't need the stem I, I like the 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 curvier letters but we we can't win them all but you know at the end of the day you know, it's it, it's fine right maybe more content the only the only channel I wish they had and and this is what really disappoints me um, is I just want uh, the Food Network on on one app with <laughs> everything else because I don't care about this like these HGTV shows. That's why that's why when I go to the dentist office. Like that, that I want I want the food network. I want the cooking shows. I want guys well, the, grocery games all on these streaming the, services. Theoretically, that's what it should be. Is the food network uh, owned by that? Yeah, I think they're all under that same uh, conglomerate right there. Um, so that that will be your answer. So to me, uh, is food network on Disco- Discovery Plus is okay, well if it's on there then by God, I'm going to be excited because I I just associate it with all the other stuff, right? The 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 HGTV stuff. Um, but looking up in here, it's Discovery, uh, TLC, Animal Planet, Food Network, HGTV, ID, whatever that is, A&E, History, Lifetime, OWN, uh, which is Oprah's network, Travel, Science Fiction, CNN, and more. So um, if, if that's I, true, I, I'm going to be very excited. But I'm using uh, the Internet Archive uh, tool of the Wayback Machine oh to look God. at uh, websites because – I that I have to know what else Max used to be because that's just one of those words you know like go dot com mm-hmm. where you can tell like during like the internet bubble like people were competing. Is, it, is this is this a White House dot com issue? Are we having a dot <laughs> no, com versus well, dot at least, gov? At least not in uh, February twenty third two thousand eight. I just picked like a random date. It was just some just garbage like nutritional supplement website where you know you can tell that they just bought the domain name to just mm-hmm. hawk some pills that, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't do. These are uh, people who haven't anything. eaten McDonald's in 20 years, Mike. You leave them alone. <laughs> yes, this is exactly uh, what they are. So, yeah, man, I want. I just want to know how much they paid for this domain. It was not cheap. Somebody had a nice payday out of yeah. there for sure. <laughs> yeah, hold, sit, sit on that for a while. So, absolutely. So, let's go ahead and get into the probably – more controversial part of this announcement or at least more interesting part yes of so just us talking about letters and brand yeah so there, <laughs> there there's like you know a dozen shows announced but a lot of them are things that aren't relevant to the show so we'll go through the ones that i think are most relevant to us mm-hmm. first and foremost is the most lu- one of the most lucrative franchises in the world despite mm-hmm. if we leave the 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 creator out of it it's a great franchise and that's the harry potter series um however you know there are there's a huge stain on this 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 thing uh harry potter with with jk rowling and 
her uh, just being an awful person all around at the end of the day. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the the writing has been on the wall for something like this forever, right? Yes. Like we all knew eventually this was going to happen. Yes. So they are doing a TV series, ten years or t- ten years of Harry Potter. So looking at possibly, I would say not ten seasons, like one season per book. There are seven books, so obviously there will be some space in between there, right? But yeah, they are the books all. The books also get a little bit longer, too. Yes, uh, absolutely. So maybe they break, you know, just like they did with the movies, break it into two seasons. Absolutely. So the movies, you know, they distilled a lot of stuff down into, you know, two hours, two and a half hours for a lot of these. So using the this is a, an episodic series, they'll be able to tell more Game of Thrones style across all of these. Um, so Harry Potter is the, I would say, the biggest IP announcement out of this, right? Um they have said uh, they're looking for a more diverse cast around, uh, which is you know good on them. Doesn't fix everything else, but this will be something that is, I believe, a huge investment from the Max service to draw in people. Now, Max, I didn't. When does that start? Is it like May? It's yeah. It's supposed to be May. Yeah. So this is not ready for. None of these shows are going to be ready for launch. Uh, so. Except maybe one of them. One of them might be at lunch. But none of these are ready for lunch. They're just like, hey, in a couple years, if you stick around with us, you're going to get this nice yeah. Harry Potter series. Yeah. Uh, and also, so. you got to like, you got to wade through a lot of like, kind of like this investor jargon and, you know, positioning by Zavlov, the CEO, right? Because this was kind of all announced that, I believe it was like an investor day type of situation. So yeah. this wasn't like a Comic-Con panel, right, where they're yeah. talking to the fans. And, you know, we'll talk about the the Penguin trailer in a second, but there's, like, text right on the Penguin trailer that says, in production, right? So you can tell they're like, we have to announce this brand new streaming service, and we have to get people hype. Give me what you got. I don't care if it's done or not. Just give me anything that I can announce. So I would not be shocked at all if this Harry Potter series never comes to fruition, right? right? You know, because, but this is like, this is exactly the type of thing that you would announce when you're announcing like a brand new streaming service. Like, hey, I'm the new CEO. Everyone has hated me in Hollywood for the last two years because I've been culling the archives, right? I've been trying to make money. I've been making all these moves, pissing everybody off. But guess what? 10 years of Harry Potter. Here's the middle finger. Now you love me, don't you? And it's just like, well, you got a lot that you have to navigate through for sure. Yeah. Uh, best case scenario, right? Uh, like Blue Sky, it uh, this is more successful in, in every metric than the movies. Uh, J.K. Rowling pulls a George Lucas in a sense of she sells her entire Harry Potter IP to like Warner Brothers, yeah. right? Uh, if they could even afford it, but I, they could pull together investors if they were buying Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. That's for yeah. sure. And then you don't have to worry about the whole nonsense uh, going yeah. on between J.K. Rowling and the fans anymore. And then you could just truly like indulge as a Harry Potter fan into this uh, into this IP. And I wouldn't be surprised if that gets floated across her desk every once in a while. I like. Some Max lawyer shows up and it's just like, hey, you know, like, if you're ever thinking about just selling it, you know. (laughs) I I would see, I could also see, like, Warner Brothers creating a a, um, Wizarding World branch slash studio that is entirely for the IP, right? Like, they don't just own the IP. Like, they they pull a Lucasfilm for Wizarding World. Like, hey, here's our, uh, you know, here's what, we're going to do one more of these uh, Fantastic Beast movies with our new Wizarding World branch who is removed from everybody horrible and you know these are true fans yeah. of the series and stuff like that and you, so. yeah and they do basically what every other kind of streaming uh hollywood studio has been doing okay we're going to do a couple one-off like animated series of harry potter right mm-hmm. let's do like a let's do like our own anthology the, of shorts where the, you can show play? different parts of the wizard 
The, oh they, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, the animated version of that play that that nobody can get tickets to. Yeah, exactly. So there's so many things that they can do with this. It's actually yeah. almost kind of what uh, Avatar Studios is doing over yeah. at like Nickelodeon slash uh, Paramount. So it's just it just sucks. It's 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 hard to get really excited about this when the creator is just so vehemently against one part of like the population that is already you know just gets shit on all of the time right you know because people it's just e- need like a scapegoat for their problems it's just easier to shut up when you're like a millionaire right like just shut mm-hmm. up just shut up take your money take you you've got your money you'll get it for years just shut up and go away i think she's technically a billionaire so that makes it well unfortunately even worse whatever she is right she has a lot of money and she can do whatever she wants for the rest of her days just shut up just shut up and go yeah. somewhere disappear for a bit um, it sign off like George Lucas did for years on the expanded universe stuff. Just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run by the story, sign off on it. Yeah. Get out of the way. But it, I think weirdly it worked out really, really well for his, uh, public perception. I mean, he wasn't at, he wasn't anywhere as, um, uh, badly Negative. viewed yeah. because he was, he just seemed to be a, like a fine person that just kind of made some bad uh, prequels, right? Well, but he, he sold off Star Wars and everyone's like, oh, we love George Lucas well, now. What, he, an, what a visionary storyteller. <laughs> he, he, again, to, to, to bring back to Star Wars, George Lucas knows how to, to, to build a world, right? He knows how to mm. sell his universe. He's just not really good at dialogue. Uh, no one, he, he was too big for no one to tell him, no, don't do that. So um, <laughs> that was his problem. But like he said, he wasn't a bad person. He was never a horrible person at, at the end of the day. But that's what this series is going to suffer. Yeah. But like I said, this is all great announcements but until something actually happens it's all theory mm-hmm. it's all yeah. theory and, so and that's the you know like i said the best case scenario for harry potter worst case scenario what i think is it gets at least one season uh everyone hates it because maybe just the quality of it's just bad they picked a bad creative team they mm-hmm. forced to push it out they brought the they, game of thrones guys in to do season yes. one and just they they <laughs> they give it a second season just because they try to write the ship nobody likes it and then it's canceled it you know they're gonna yeah. try to retool it basically the same thing that happened with fantastic beasts they just yeah. tried to have it limp along and it, it didn't yeah. it didn't work yeah so yeah so this may come through it may not so harry potter's number one franchise shifting gears game of thrones like we just i just mentioned a knight of the seven kingdoms hedge knight has been announced as a series for the streaming service i don't know what this is and i'm too (laughs) afraid to google it so uh if you're a game of thrones fan you're gonna get more series set in this universe i think it's supposed to be further back in the past i could be wrong but i think it's supposed to be a little bit more detached from the characters and the families, maybe I, I I might just be talking about the side of my ass right now. Yeah. Well, but, that's uh, cool. Uh, so apparently it's a collection of stories by various fantasy authors. Um, or it's, it's a story that was in one of his, that he released in 1998, uh, like an older one. So either way, I'm not gonna look into this anymore, but that is, that is coming. Uh, the penguin, as Mike mentioned, uh, we know that's been in production that has now been moved to, of HBO Max to a Max series. We get a little feature out about the production of it, some scenes from it. It's about a minute and a half. Not too bad. I mean, it looks fun, right? Like, about... I forgot. Honestly, it's been so long since I've seen The Batman when it came out. I forgot how good Colin Farrell is as yeah. the Penguin. Like, he is chewing up, eating every scene that mm-hmm. he's in. Like, I can definitely see him holding down an entire series based on his it, own, and I really wouldn't be too bummed that Batman's it, not in it. It looks like... Um, Oh, what was that mafia show on HBO? Um, 
Sopranos? <laughs> it looks like Sopranos in the Batman universe, right? Like, it literally looks like that. Like, no one's got superpowers. Like, it's, it's all about mob crime families set in Gotham. You know, right? And, but this Gotham's not, you know, it's more realistic than the last time we saw the Penguin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, they, they show him walking around a lot in this trailer with, like, a, a limp that kind of gives him, like, this kind of penguin waddle. Did he have that in the movie? Or did, like, Batman beat him up and then gave him that limp? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> I'll have to go back and revisit that. So, um, But, you know, this is coming. You know, I wouldn't be surprised this is later this year, right? Uh, a surprise fall announcement for, for the Penguin or maybe or first thing next year. Well, they look like it they're says, quite along in it. It says coming 2024 at okay, the, the end of so, it. And right. then at the end of this trailer, it also says May 23rd is when the streaming service uh, kicks off. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised maybe first thing next year, right? Um, mm-hmm. kick, kick off with the Penguin. So, yeah, you can check out that feature in our show notes. Uh, Tiny Toons Lunaversity, um, a uh, animated show uh, based on the Tiny Toons adventures, right, is coming to, mm-hmm. to this. Really leaning into the, the Looney Tunes properties in Warner Brothers these past couple well, of years. I mean, Zavlov has basically said straight up that, like, we are only going to make stuff from IP that works, right? From well-known stuff, we're not going to take chances and try to make a hit out of nowhere. They're not looking to—they're not looking to make their own Stranger Things, like Lightning in a Bottle. Let's yeah. just take stuff we already own and have it make money, which is indicated by these five bullet points that we're talking about here. Yeah, and I was trying to look up—you know—Looney Tunes, um, or was it? What is that? Looney Tunes? What are, what's the one that's on there right now? They're—they're they're doing. Um, uh, I don't remember the name, but, but yeah, they have like a newer kind of Looney it's Tunes. It's still going. Like, it's still on there kind of thing. Looney Tunes cartoons, there it is, 2020. They um, have, I think, five seasons so far, and they're still not canceled yet. So uh, they are absolutely still going uh, to town on these Looney Tunes characters. Uh, Animaniacs, I think, just wrapped up, right? They, they did get that reboot uh, done. And uh, Tiny Toons University is set in the same world. So, yeah, they're, they're taking these classic characters and just running with them. Uh, and lastly, Gremlins, The Secrets of the Mogwai. Uh, it's an interestingly looking animated show uh, is coming. Uh, the, this is the only one I think that is launching in May on Max itself. Like, this is a yeah. launch date service, but it's been in the works for years. Yeah, this was this was always an HBO Max type of thing. So Zavlov is just kind of like rebranding it. You know, he just, mm-hmm. like we said, he needed things to announce to the investors, but... Man, yeah. like, I love Gremlins. I grew up with those movies. They're, you know, I watched them when I was way too young and too impressionable, right? So I kind of liked how, like, adult it was. And, like, the first one's basically like a ho- like a horror movie for the most part. Yeah. And the second one is just, like, wild. Horror there's comedy. And, yeah. There's a whole Key and Peele sketch about how out of pocket that second movie is. But, man, like, I don't – this trailer's bad. Like, yeah. this just looks like discre- straight up, like, kids show – it, it looks like a kid, just, it's even animated similarly like how modern kid shows are animated right especially yeah. on like um like YouTube, gizmo is so. like gizmo is in it doing things that he's, just like you know mogwai have never he's done. never been called like, gizmo in the movies either which is interesting yeah. that they call him that in the show and, and it's just like i i get it you know yeah. like I say this a lot of times on the podcast where like, oh, why do people care about Velma? Nobody cared about Scooby-Doo until, you know, they 
they the creator you know was trying to do something different with it you know so yeah. I, I don't want to be that same person that's just like no not my gremlins yeah. you know even though they haven't done anything with the gremlins for so long i was just kind of hoping it was going to be more in vain with the fan base that already likes gremlins right yeah. no. you know if this is like a kid show for kind of like transitional ages you know like you know like your 10s, your 12s, you know, your 14s, right? Uh, well, becoming like a teenager. Like, they didn't grow up watching Gremlins. They don't yeah, know what Gremlins you, is. Like, you're basically pitching a brand new show to them. Yeah, so that that's the thing. Like, you know, you, you go and, and ask my wife's fifth graders, you know, what uh, – what have you ever seen Gremlins? And they're like, no. What what the, what are you talking about? So this yeah. seems you can't in the tell vein them to of that, go, that younger yeah. age. And you can't tell them to go watch those movies, yeah. right? Yeah. This almost feels like uh, back in the day when like RoboCop had like kids action figures. Yeah. Like kids should not be watching RoboCop. The, so the, the other thing I think I think you you we we should be very very cognizant of here. This this is very much a um, show filled with. Uh, people from asia right this is this like the show is set in asia and they have voice cast the primary voice cast are um you know asian americans or you know from from other you know maybe asian canons i don't know they're very much leaning into that using the actual actors from that region to to voice the characters which yeah. i think is a and great thing here uh as yeah well and the, the the creator of the show um the, or I guess the showrunner of it, he's very active on Twitter. He's very supportive when it comes to like kind of like the writing community. And I see him retweet a lot of people, try to connect with a lot of people. He's always looking to connect with um, like diverse audiences and creators, uh, which is yeah. great. And if you could point to one glaring, really bad thing about the Gremlins, I guess, franchise, as it were, an insanely insensitive stereotypical depiction of um, Asians yeah. at the beginning of the movie when it comes to like where these uh, mogwai come, come from, right? Like yeah. totally bad take. Yeah. Uh, but and that's uh, what the, so, and that's what the show is the origin of them. So that, that makes sense that they, they yeah. So they, I'm glad that they're kind of like you know re seizing uh, kind of yeah. like that awful depiction. But yeah, it's just it's just weird to pivot the show towards kids when it has never really been mm -hmm. about children. <laughs> you've got to get people to watch it and, and i i feel either a reboot or a requill is in the is in the horizon for for gremlins right like a live action re, like a like a sequel reboot if you will um, oh yeah i could see like you know bring back the kind of like teens that were in the first one and now yeah. they're adults or something like yeah, that that or you know like hey it's just a continued story in the same universe there's little easter eggs here and there to the other one but like you know if they're enough to get a show, there's probably enough interest and money out there funding to, to make that show. Um, and maybe not to service. There've been a lot of, you know, again, like you mentioned, Gremlins one is a horror film, right? At the end, at its core. Um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of horror films being successful right now on low budgets, right? All the screen movies, the Halloween movies. Oh my. Back and so, so I know this, so I know this was 84 and, uh, the movie ratings were not quite the same as they were, but the first Gremlins is rated PG. Oh, that yeah. is, <laughs> that is really funny. Yeah. So <laughs> now I got to look up, now I got to look up the second one. Yeah. Gremlins two came Secret out, of the Ooze. uh, six years, six years later in 1990 and it's rated PG 13, but that, one that one's a, a little bit more wacky. That one had a lot of parody in it, right? Like a lot of mm -hmm. like silliness, like the newscaster gremlins and stuff like that. Uh, the Rocky War, but yeah. So I mean, it's 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 in there. There are also a bunch of other shows from Discovery and some other HBO stuff that were announced. We, we're not talking about oh uh, what God. was what was the, the um that couple who redo houses. Um, 
Chip and Joanna, they, they're doing a hotel, apparently. And I'm like, we don't need to put Chris, this on could, the show. Could you, could you fathom a guess of, because we were just talking about voice acting. Oh, no. Right? And actors who voice act characters that just kind of make noises, right? Uh-huh. Uh, in Gremlins 2, The New Batch, could you possibly venture a guess who voiced Gizmo? Fred Tataschiori. <laughs> Howie Mandel. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Is this before hey, or after and, he was a germaphobe? And I forgot, uh, you you literally ran into this man not too long ago, John Glover. Oh, was yeah. In Gremlins yeah, he 2. Is. Yeah. I, um, so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's there's a more, bunch more stuff coming to Max. Uh, Gremlins will be there next month, so that'll be, like, one of the first things. So, yeah. So in, in in other news this week, because of course it was HBO Max press, Amazon's has decided to get it in on this stuff. They're like, you know, we're we're sitting, we just acquired MGM, right? Uh, we we've, we've got some properties in this MGM library. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna filter through some of these and pick some out. There are a tentative list of properties, Mike, coming from Amazon uh, MGM's acquirement. Um, coming up, one of those is RoboCop, talking about getting TV shows and movies in the RoboCop mm-hmm. universe. Stargate, I like the Stargate stuff. That's my kind of mm-hmm. sci-fi. I, I really enjoy that. Um, getting more TV shows and movies. Those They wrapped up all their shared universe a while ago. Uh, Legally Blonde, Fame, Barbershop, The Magnificent Seven, The Pink Panther, not to be confused with The Black Panther, by the way, and The <laughs> Thomas Crown Affair, for some reason. I'm getting some more stuff on this stuff. <laughs> uh, but apparently a lot of these have complex rights due to previous productions and like how those were licensed before Amazon acquired them. But like to me... You know, there's a RoboCop game coming out, right? We've talked about that. Um, uh, like a first-person RoboCop shooter game coming out. That's always popular. Stargate, you know, huge sci-fi things. These these two things kind of resonate with me a little bit. So I'm interested to see if they actually do anything with them, you know, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see a um, – I mean, Pink Panther, if you only are thinking of it as the old animated cartoon show – I didn't even about, think of that. Uh, I was actually thinking of the old live action movies. Yeah, with the... it's actually about like a like a wacky kooky detective, right? You know, you could totally see them rebooting that with like a newer, more well, famous they did the, person. They did the uh, it, right? Steve Martin ones mm-hmm. in, in the two thousands, yeah. which I did. Nobody, I don't think anybody watched. They did two, right? Yeah, so. maybe. Yeah, so you could easily see them doing more of that. Uh, Legally Blonde, I think. Chris, you could, like you were saying, like a requel in a way. I know it hasn't been that long, but you could see them making a third one or a TV series. Since it's all all about, yeah, you know, law, procedure, and stuff like that, you could see them doing like a limited series, right? For like eight episodes where it's like one long case that she's working. You know, uh, Stargate, yeah, I don't know much about the show. Um, Is that something that you think is more in the bounds of being rebooted or continued on so it's interesting because there was a movie in the early 90s right of stargate and um even had russell not russell crow what's his name um the the soldier himself uh russell i will figure it out later (laughs) someone's (laughs) yelling at me but um and, and james spader but like when they did the tv show those characters carried over but they were recast as different people like different mm-hmm. actors for TV shows, so I think a this show is great, but I think it's probably in need of a reboot uh, rather than mm-hmm. than a, a, a connecting series. They can have Easter eggs. These are all different universes. A Stargate connects different universes and different planets. Oh um, well, but, if yeah. you're already saying universes, right? You could. That's a great way to bring back maybe original cast, yeah. kind of almost like J.J. Abrams Star Trek style, the, right? Of, I mean, Christopher Christopher Judge, who voices Kratos in the new you know god of war games he got his big actor 
big big thing as an actor on that show like consistently as an alien actor uh in mm-hmm. that show so um absolutely it, it, it's it's i think it's a, a fun show and you know a lot of high concept sci-fi things i think it's fantastic i would love a reboot more than a, a connected piece uh but yeah. you know i think that's i great. think they could i think they could do something cool with robocop if they got the right creator right mm-hmm. you know the the best parts about the uh robocop films were always kind of like the um the cultural observations uh you yeah. know uh, the satirical takes on, you know, capitalism and, you know, yep. policing and stuff like that. So if they could bring somebody in that also has like a vision of like humor, you know, wackiness, Tim, Tim Miller. But also just, Oh yeah. Tim Miller would be great. Yeah, he, I'm he, sure he would. He's got action and CG and humor all in that. I yeah. Think. And we, we won't talk about that other RoboCop <laughs> movie. The, that the came 2014, out. <laughs> the first half I really didn't care for. The second half was really good. Like there's like a very like there's a divide in that movie where it just clicks and like it's really interesting to to think of it. Um, it's got some good clips. I think there's some good clips. Gary Oldman's in it, right? The National Treasure as well. But like it's just uh, yeah, I think it had some good ideas, but I think it needs to be less serious. I think the 2014 took itself too seriously at the end of the day. Yeah, so. you need wacky commercials on TVs in the background. Where I'll buy that for a dollar, like mm. just weird stuff like that. So yeah. the weirder the better. Put Weird yeah. Al in it. Make make Weird Al Yankovic the robot. No, don't do that. Stop <laughs> that. Stop that. So yes. uh, um, we're hitting that point in the show, folks. Um, so Amazon, there's a list of stuff there. So let's shift gears. We're gonna talk Marvel, uh, Disney for the rest of the show here. First up, Hulu. Bob Iger says that uh, has confirmed this week that uh, Comcast could force Disney to purchase their stake in Hulu if they wanted to and they would have to cash them a check um now there's no guarantee there's no i don't know why this was even brought up like no one's saying they're gonna do it or whatever um but i think it's interesting in the contract right that like we can be like yeah if you want to if we want you to buy it you would have to buy it from us um at so, whatever value so what's what's the current ownership stakes right now i think of Hulu? do we I think it's two-thirds Disney, one-third Comcast, majority. I think there might be some other smaller players, but those are the two big ones. Yeah, I mean, like, Comcast is a a huge, gigantic organization. I mean, so is Disney. I mean, I could see, you know, either one of them, you know, footing the bill to pay for it. Like, they can afford it, but, you know, in this climate, you know, I don't think Disney wants to – spend money right they're trying to make more money out of the stuff that they have which seems to be the theme for streaming services right now um but i mean yeah i'm kind of curious what even is hulu Mm. right at its very core if if me and you chris right if we were able to like scrounge up some cash and buy a hundred percent ownership of hulu you know beyond you know getting like the the workforce and like the tech stack right that runs the app the actual things that we're buying, is it just the HBO original? I mean, the, the Hulu originals, right? Because, well, I mean, if you let all the, like, you know, streaming, like, contracts expire, you know, you're not getting the ABC shows streamed on there anymore. You're not getting the FX shows that are streamed on there. Uh, so is it just the straight-up Hulu originals? And there's really not a lot of them that are, like, super iconic. You why got, would, like, The Handmaid's Tale. That's why would, probably the most iconic one why would fx not be on there since they're owned by well yeah because fx is owned by which was fox which is owned by disney so like that's what that's what i'm saying they they put the the, so there is fx on hulu they do they still do that though i guess is my 
big yeah thing. but it does it does make you wonder truly like where does that content lie yeah. lie right is it fx on hulu like oh we're just doing day and date releases on your streaming services but we yeah. still own the content so that's what i'm kind of confused like what is hulu because to me my perception of Hulu is that's where I go to watch like my ABC shows, my free form shows. Uh, like we're, me and my wife are rewatching Modern Family, which is an ABC show, and that's on Hulu right now. So mm-hmm. if Comcast was to buy Hulu, does Disney make the decision to like take Modern Family and take Abbott Elementary off of Hulu and move it to Disney Plus, or do they just? leave it on there and let Comcast pay them for that content. So I think yeah. that's the confusing thing is nobody really knows what Hulu truly is well, at its, its core. Hulu, to me, Hulu is an aggregated service provider, right? It's mm-hmm. Cause you get stuff on here. Like I, I just pull up Hulu originals. The, the only things I've heard on Hulu originals recently, history of the world part two, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, Mel Brooks. Um, there is uh, apparently Hulu has Animaniacs, even though we just talked about it being on HBO for some reason. Um, it's a Hulu original. Uh, DreamWorks, how like there's a bunch, there's like little stuff on here. It's really weird stuff. Nothing I've watched, right? I've I've never, I've no, I've never paid for Hulu. I don't use it. But what yeah. I think the, my my solution to this is, Mike, is what they do in every other fucking country is put Hulu in their Disney Plus app. Like it's literally <laughs> you go in a Disney Plus and on the far right is who or Star or Hulu or whatever it is it's all together in one app because I, I I would never get this by itself. There's nothing in here that says yeah I really need to have this for anything in particular at the end of it. Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm looking at a list of like A to Z of their original shows and I'm sure there's like good stuff in here, but like absolutely nobody in the world like associates Hulu with these yeah. originals, right? They, they're thinking of FX shows. They're thinking of ABC shows, right? They're thinking of things that are, that well, like this is just the distribution platform, like you're but saying. But there's no FX app. There's no ABC app. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is what it is. Cause I'm gonna look in here. I forgot all the Fox's animated shows go here, right? Uh, the day after, like Family mm-hmm. Guy, Bob's Burgers, American Dad. Uh, I believe Rick and Morty was even day after. King of, When King of the Hill comes out, it'll be on here. Futurama will be here this summer. Um, it is a home for like the day after stuff, but like I don't even think of these anymore, right? Yeah, and I mean some of these shows. This would be like Simpsons. a good catalog, you know, to buy. You know, I'm almost thinking like, what if you're like a Roku or something, right? And you want to make like a really big purchase. You know, Roku picked up the pieces of Quibi, and I'm not saying Hulu is a Quibi at all, but like, you know, if you're like a streaming service that's maybe like B or C tier, and you're just trying to like level up your game a little bit, yeah, maybe buying this Hulu you, original catalog wouldn't be too bad. You, I don't, I don't think Hulu will ever sell. They're still at the top of the chain, right? Every a lot of people don't have Hulu. But I just realized you can add on your other streaming services to this and watch those shows in there uh you can yeah, add just... hbo max showtime cinemax and stars and watch them yeah. in yeah, one well, app like that's the goal right we all want one app to watch everything um, well i mean you can do that in prime you can do it on apple tv which is that hardware or is that software what exactly really even is that so right right but this, it's, it's interesting we are living in a day and age where it's it's just hard to define anything if, out there that's streaming right if the, the, again the biggest thing disney owns it we all know disney owns it just put it all into one app and we have one home to go to for all your disney fox stuff at the same time like include mm. your parental controls like every other country does and 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 keep it simple that way all your stuff's there right like we don't have to go if you want to watch Family Guy, you're not going to Disney Plus uh, right now. You have to go to Hulu, and so you have to have two 
two subscriptions. It's, it's just really, it's not fun. It's not good. But uh, the whole point of this is if Comcast says buy it, you have to buy it, Disney. So that, that's, to me, the interesting part of this when Disney is the one that, like, I guess at the other end of the gun <laughs> for once. So, Yeah, I think I saw, um, I don't remember if we talked about this on the show or, or not, or maybe I just sent a text of it to you. But there could be, like, a bargaining chip on the table, right? You know, maybe maybe Disney is like, oh, we'll actually sell it to you, Comcast, at a pretty good deal. Yeah. If Because um, I, th- I think that conglomerate, because, yeah, because Comcast, Universal, uh, they own the theme park rights east of the Mississippi in Florida for the, yeah. uh, for the Marvel content. So there could be trades going on there yeah. when it comes to Disney trying to get that back. That is a possibility. Yeah, there, there's just tons of stuff in play. You know, we never have our entertainment lawyer on hand, uh, sadly. <laughs> But it'd be interesting just to know uh, what what's going on behind the scenes, right? Like who's who's what chess pieces are on the board to to make it even. All right, so for Marvel, I want to talk about this because this has been kind of on my mind all week, and I've gone through it a couple times. The Marvels trailer, Mike, our first trailer mm-hmm. for the Marvels, they did have this at Comic Con maybe last year, two years ago, um, and uh, I was able to listen to audio but not see it. And the audio lines up exactly with that. Um, so this is the Captain Marvel sequel called The Marvels coming out this November. Uh, in theaters, and it features um, three three main characters from the Marvel Universe. Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, a.k.a. Photon, I think is what her name will be, and Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, who just got her own show. And it seems that this movie picks up really immediately where Miss um, Marvel ended, right? They even use a scene from the show in the trailer uh, mm-hmm. for this. Whenever Kamala and uh, um, uh, Carol change places uh due to some some quantum yeah. entanglement it sounds like yeah it looks like uh so i'm kind of just watch re-watching the yeah. trailer uh just on mute while we're talking about this and i was going to bring this up uh the scene where they're in kamala's house like in her living room mm-hmm. like uh before uh uh brie larson lands and destroys on the table like there's like a beam in the living room that has a, like a big like hole punched in it yeah. so it did is that from the results of the last episode of, no that that's that's actually from um you see there's a a scene where the kree are fighting uh monica rainbow in the house and they accidentally change places again oh uh, um, okay yeah, yeah yeah so so like she's like phases through the the beam goes through her like that was taking place before all of this somehow and then they trade places back um there's no seem to be rhyme or reason yet about why they change places uh but what was cool is in the end they're fighting the villain uh who's character name in the comic books is dar ben uh is her name she's only been like one issue very very subtle character like there's no history to pull out from this um but you see kamala like use her i guess crystallization powers to build a shield and when she does she immediately transforms into monica rainbow who sends a beam back at this person so i'm very excited to see them use this i guess not transfiguration but like swapping places feature in this final battle and some other stuff throughout this because it's very a lot more action in this trailer than I anticipated for this trailer uh, for for the Marvels uh, being a high, uh, high concept, but it seems to have um, again the action, the humor. Nick Fury is here. I did want to call that out. Right? Is this set after Secret Invasion? You think? Like, is that why yeah, we're getting it, Secret Invasion first and then this? Yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell. And if that is the case, you know, it it seems like Secret Invasion maybe is not 
Nick Fury's uh, swan song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, theoretically, I guess you could kill off Nick Fury in Secret Invasion, then he continues, you know, as a scrawl. That's a possibility. But it's weird for me to think, you know, Nick Fury, you know, Samuel Jackson being in this universe for so long. I don't think he just wants to sign off and go off in a in yeah. a TV show, right? He right. wants to he wants to be like the big sacrifice in he, a movie or something like that. He's gonna have four or five. He no, I, he doesn't want that. He's always the, the 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 secret guy you have in your back pocket, like right? Like yeah, yeah. he's got four or five gravestones across the world he keeps visiting because like yeah, yeah I'm yeah. dead. Look at that. So, but Chris, you you hit the nail on the head though. You said this is high concept. Yeah. I feel like they have a lot that they're gonna have to kind of explain to the audience, right? Because we had a whole Disney Plus series of trying to explain just Kamala's powers and everything, and at the very end, apparently she has some sort of connection mm-hmm. uh, to. So, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the order of operations, or at least the order of like powers here. So, Captain Marvel gains her power from the Tesseract, right? Correct. And which stone is inside of the Tesseract? Technically, um, the Space Stone. The Space Stone, right. And then um, the Space Stone, was the Space Stone used to give Wanda her powers? Uh, no, was that a was a Mind stone? stone. That was a Scepter. Yeah, so I, was, I, w- I thought maybe there would be a thread because Monica Rambo seems to have similar powers. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so I'm just trying to figure out like how are they how are they all like connected because we also have this whole X literal X factor of uh, Kamala is also supposed to be like a mutant. So I'm just trying to figure out how well, they narratively not, stitch all of this together. I, you know, I, I know exactly how they do it. And I'm not telling you uh, because I know too much about this movie uh, from reading the internet. <laughs> but if you will notice, Kamala has a band, right? Uh, one of her bands, and that's what she uses her powers from the band, right? Currently, that is how we know it. Mm. The character. They're fighting at the end of the trailer that I mentioned where they're swapping places if you go through frame by Like, you don't have to go through frame by frame, but you have, if you don't look, you'll miss them swap places mm-hmm. so quickly. She has a band on her arm as well of a different color. So we're trying to figure out maybe what these... Are these the quantum bands? Are these the nega bands? These are creep like items that have been in the comic books for decades. So maybe like Kamala's powers you know, are tied to the Kree. Captain Marvel's tied to the Kree, right? Um, Monica Rambeau, I don't know. Again, she only went through, um, she had her, she was exposed to Ma- uh, Wanda's magic, not necessarily the stone itself, right? Because in WandaVision and by extension Doctor Strange, we found out it's not really the stone that gave her powers. It just awakened her pre, I guess she was predestined to become the Scarlet Witch kind of thing. So like what power, like she's got some sort of light based powers. It seems like, yeah, uh, with that, yeah. but I feel like it, we've just basically come to the point where the MCU has been around long enough now, and it hasn't quite been plotted out as exactly as fans would like to believe. We're just now we're even starting mm. to get things that are like basically getting retconned, if that's even like the right word, right? Yeah, like yeah. we want Scarlet Witch to literally be a witch because we want to tell a lot more stories in the MCU about witches, yeah. right? You know, about Agatha and these covens and everything like that. So she actually needs to be a witch. She can't just be somebody with you know. Uh, mind stone powers right you know because right. that's not really a witch uh so they need to go back and redo that um, yeah. uh so i i i feel like i'm cautiously optimistic about this movie because kamala's in it she's very infectious even though i had mixed feelings about how her show ended i feel like there could be like just a fun repartee going on between the this the cast three, and this yeah. film uh but we still are waiting for uh, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel to have a personality. And I don't even think that's 
necessarily even negotiable in a way of like she had amnesia for most of her movie. We don't yeah. even really know who she is. You know, she pops up in the uh, Avengers movies afterwards, you know, as like this, you know, you know, kind of like take no gruff badass. Right. Which is right. fine. She can be that character. But we've just never really learned how she, like, you know, how she's mm -hmm. come into this. So I'm hoping they give her some personality on screen in a way so we can actually fall in love with her, much like Kamala has I, fallen in love with her in the movie. You know? I think she has personality. I just don't think it's the one people are looking for. She's not she is she is a warrior through and through. That's how she was trained after the amnesia. She was in the military before that. I think she is a no nonsense person and very much strategic base, which I think will be interesting in opposition to Kamala's young innocence, right? Like infatuation with superheroes. Um, but you know, there, there are some time frames she did. She was alive during the blip. So hopefully they will give us some of those journeys in here. There's at one point, it looks like there's a dancing number and you see, you know, Brie Larson's character, like uncover her face. Either she's transported mm -hmm. there. She's sneaking through this down one of the two, but, um, I'm excited to see these, again, a, a trio of people who have very different outlooks on things, right? Like, you know, in WandaVision, we got the, the failing Monica and um, uh, Carol, you know, don't see eye to eye for some reason. Possibly the, the death of Monica's mother, Maria. And then, you know, Kamala's like infatuated superheroes and she just got her powers. But I, I, I'm very excited to see this mixture of these characters come together in this and Honestly, what I enjoyed about like there are some Earth scenes, but it looks like most of this is set in space at the end of the day, right? Like it looks to yeah. be very much not Earth based, which is great because we've been on Earth, I think, way too much lately. I've been going uh, frame by frame, okay, <laughs> like you, like you, like you told me through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's there's definitely bangles. There's other yeah. uh, MacGuffins at foot here, and also there at one point there seems to be a horde of cats. Uh, uh, also, yes, I think our flirkins. Flirk, I bet they're flirking kittens, a hundred percent. You know, as a cat mm -hmm. owner, very excited to see those. Right after the little flirkin horde, yeah, uh, you get the you get the scene where you get to see. I guess uh, the villain that you're talking about looks like Cover. she's holding Ronan the accuser's she, hammer. She's a Cree, yeah. So she, I believe, is an accuser. Uh, I guess role of the Cree Empire of, of what's left mm -hmm. of it. So we're going from Nick Fury scrolls to Nick Fury Cree, all within like next to each other which i'm very excited about like we haven't gotten this part of the mcu in a long time right it's been very very otherverse um i guess other versal but I, I i would love to I, I my my favorite part is obviously where kamala she's like where were you she's like where's kamala's like right where i was and then it shows her like land and then obviously we have goose there walking like very very um not aggressively he's like very confident he just like eats mm. all those I guess uh, Cree and the freaks. I, I just love Goose. I think he's a fun character as a cat in these movies. So um, very excited to, to take a look at it. the trailers in our notes. If you guys haven't seen it, um, November we are a long shot away for this, but uh, very excited to see the the trailer in theaters next to Captain. No, not Captain. Mike, Guardians of the Galaxy in like two weeks. We're like two weeks away for that, Mike. Can you believe that? Mm -hmm. uh, Blade and surprising casting announcement this weekend has added actress Mia Goth to this movie. Uh, if you if you're not familiar with her, she has been the lead in such movies as um, there was X, which is a sequel to the what was the first one in that? that oh trilogy. yeah, she's there's a there's the two uh, movies Pearl Pearl and Pearl, X. Pearl yeah X Pearl and then there's a third one coming out uh, Maxine and then she's also just starred in the um, 
uh, very body horror. Brandon Cronenberg's movie, I forget what it's called, but it's very Infinity Infinity, Infinity Pool, which is yeah, very disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by yeah, the way, she's like a she's like a a, a, a horror darling all of a sudden just out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, also married to Shia LaBeouf. In case you didn't know that. Um, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Been together for a long time, apparently. Uh, but um, we don't know what her role is at the time. The biggest rumors right now, she's playing Lilith, the daughter of Dracula, in this. Um, I, I mean, think... honestly, I'm not trying to be mean. Yeah. Uh, I'm just pointing out an observation. If you Google image search Mia Goth, I, she does kind of look vampiric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she's. Um, I heard this. I heard this theory the other day. Hollywood actors, like, they're all pretty, but like, they all have like one like interesting look about them that makes them look different, right? Like, they're they're. I think good looking, but they have has, their interesting look. But she's a, she has extremely blonde eyebrows. Mm-hmm. So if you catch if you catch like a photo of her in the right light, it just looks like she doesn't have eyebrows. Yeah. Which I'm not bemoaning anybody that doesn't have eyebrows, you know. Yeah. But like, it's just it's just the like you said the unique factor. Yeah, there. absolutely. Um, but yes, yeah, obviously uh, uh, horror darlingness. Um, but you know, I don't think I don't agree with the rumors that she's going to be playing a villain. Right? She could literally be playing somebody else. Uh, any, anybody in the Blade universe, really. Um, but you know, most people seem to be leaning into that she's playing a villain of some kind. But I don't know. Blade has been in the works for a very, very long time, and I will be excited when this movie gets to theaters so we can watch it finally. Um, it's the last movie now. Is it, now it is the last movie of the 2019 Comic Con that had, was announced that has not been released. So mm-hmm. we are we are in the, the the countdown for them. Uh, Deadpool three. Just in case anyone was wondering, uh, the actress actress who played Vanessa and actor who played Colossus will be back in the third movie. So um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people were upset. What was it? Um, what's the name? The actress who played Vanessa, the 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 love interest, right in the first one. She, yeah. She kind of yeah. got shafted in the second one, right? They, they they kill her off. I think pretty pretty early, um, like in the beginning of the movie, isn't it? they? They kill her because of the explosion in the thing. Uh, so um, yeah, she really didn't get a lot of screen time. So we'll see what they what they do with her in this one. Maria Marina Baccarin is her name. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, great to have a uh, Colossus back as well. Yeah. Uh, He's the great kind of like straight character to um, to Deadpool's like goofiness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the we need consistency in this. That's a very consistent thing there. Uh, lastly, uh, Wonder Man is apparently filming out in L.A. Uh, ben Kingsley, Trevor Slattery was spotted on set while they're filming. Uh, Destin Daniel Cretton is the showrunner on this, so he'll probably be there. So I expect more set photos to leak over time. Mike kind of confirming, you know. Um, Wonder Man and uh, the Grim he's Reaper long, and stuff like that. Yeah, he's got he's got long hair. Yeah, um, I don't remember what his hair situation was in uh, Shang Chi. It's it's the um, same it's same hair. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he had the longer hair there because um, he had that um, the Mandarin ponytail like in Iron Man three. So yeah, he carried it over pretty well. But uh, uh, that's a character I never thought would get a second chance on screen ever in my life, <laughs> and he ended up being uh, in a pretty good movie for Phase four. So. Um, pretty, pretty interested to see what they do with that going forward in the in the Wonder Man world as well. I'm guessing he's going to be like an acting coach or something like that, yeah. um, or I don't know, maybe he'll be like a background extra. <laughs> yeah, you think you you think they're going to let him do a remake of Planet of the Apes where he's <laughs> pretending to ride the horses? They're That'd just acting. Funny. So, all right, well that's the show. That's a little longer episode than we thought, but you know when we get to Max talk, it maxes out our show time. Mike. That's true. But it's not Showtime, it's HBO. 
This is a whole lot of horrible. Showtime is here. Paramount Plus, I think, and I think they are supposed to be combining their services, much like um, uh, Max and Discovery. So. Really? I'm, I'm gonna. Have I to think Google so. It. I think it's supposed to be happening. I don't know if it happened already, but I thought they were. I thought they were joining into like one. I see. Mega mega app. Show, maybe... Showtime anytime. Who owns N- Showtime? Who do I, I mean Paramount Plus worst name for a streaming service ever. Nobody knows what Paramount Studio is to begin with, right? Look, like, I, it's, like... <laughs> it, it, in those regards, Peacock is the same. Nobody knows what Peacock Studios is. But they don't have to because Peacock is a, it's, it's just an animal. Well, they don't have to with I mean, Paramount. It's just, it, it's, just, it's just a name. Oh, it's a studio. Sh- it's Showtime a mountain, is apparently Showtime <laughs> is owned by CBS, and it's a uh, network owned television network owned by paramount media networks now so yes mm-hmm. so yeah, so they'll be i think they're dissolving into into one or homogenizing into one at some point uh at a future date the combined service will be branded as paramount plus with showtime in mid 2023 what a gross that's the worst <laughs> thing that you could do oh paramount gosh. plus with showtime plus they should really just add so many pluses paramount plus plus showtime plus that's what i'm so going for words Similar, similar to Max. We're just gonna see. Uh, <laughs> call it utmost. <laughs> yeah. Supreme. Yeah. That's one. Su- well, they'd probably have to. They'd get sued by Supreme for doing that. But I utmost. I, I'm just gonna call. I'm just gonna call it utmost. Showtime was a great name. I don't know why you, you, they just rebranded all the Showtime, right? I think that tells you kind of what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So, just drop <sighs> the time. Just call it Show. Show. I mm-hmm. like one-syllable words. You've got me there. There you go. Show. We're going to call it show from here But on. put the dot from HBO in the middle of it just to throw people off. <laughs> All right. Let's, ra- let's, let's, let's wrap this up before we derail for another half hour on <laughs> streaming service names. Mike, if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at, buddy? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can find my brand new webcomic at Life Rewards Risk and Life Rewards Risk. Dot com. Chris, if people want to catch you, where can they find you? Mm-hmm. Find me on Instagram, Faldan87, V-A-L-D-A-N, or any gaming networks that's the same, Faldan. You can find me on there, play some games. I'm, I'm really playing games right now. I want to play some more. Uh, people know more about the show, uh, what we're doing. I think our next review is Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Um, I think that's the next mm-hmm. one on our list. If one of the people get ready for that, or go listen to our Super Mario Brothers review, as that movie has legs, as we discovered what that mathematical calculation was before the show started. Uh, where can they listen to that at? Oh, you can head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That is the home for everything we do for Superhero Slate, and to get our awesome show notes if you want to see about everything we talked about this week we got a nice little itemized list over there at superheroslate.com you can find us on apple podcasts youtube spotify wherever else you'd love to listen to find podcasts like us on facebook follow us on instagram and twitter and get merch superheroslate.com slash store we love hearing from you reach out let us know what you think about the max rebranding mm-hmm. are you as annoyed as i am that the x is weird um do you not care uh are you going to be paying extra money for the 4k let us know and if you want to be a super fan of the show, super easy to do. All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we'll be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.